0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, November the 15th, 2022. It is currently 6.13 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, how has your meditation gone on the subject of meditation. How has your... How, well, I, I guess I should say, if we're going to be accurate, how has your study... And your meditation on meditation gone. I gave you some text of scriptures to look at: Psalm chapter one, Philippians four eight. We're going to focus on Philippians four eight here in a minute. But I, I think we have really. I hope you figured this out. If you've been listening to today's focus, you notice you will notice I've been adding to this discussion there. But I think we have learned, and and I hope you you understand this. When I started off, I kind of almost I did not. I tried not to, in a sense, play my hand. I tried to act like maybe we don't know. I, 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 but I tried to lay aside all of my presuppositions and, and my conclusions that I'd come to before thinking about this subject. And I tried to approach it again and almost try to put them against each other. Here's study. Here's meditation. Here's study. Here's meditation. But I think what we've been clearly able to establish is you need both. Study gathers the information, it gathers the knowledge, it gathers the facts, but it's just sitting there. It's kind of theoretical, it's just in your mind. But at some point, you gotta take the key and unlock the library, and let it go. Let all of that knowledge and let all of that information, in a sense, enter inside of you. And once it enters inside of you, then you are to engage in a conversation, an internal conversation in your heart with it, which then leads to an impact. It it, 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 it impacts your emotions, your thinking, your, your attitude. It, it begins to change you little by little. Now, of course, You've got something inside of you that's going to fight against it. It's called your sinful nature. It's going to completely and immediately resist it and fight against it. But I just we 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 have to see that meditation is that internal conversation, right? It, meditation is the thing that takes that library and puts it inside of you, and you're having a conversation, a discussion with it. You're you're going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it until it becomes more then theoretical, you feel something. You have some kind of reaction to it. Something is happening inside of you. I think we have established that much. Now, we did a little work on two Hebrew words, right? As we were trying to work out kind of our our definition of meditation which, if you remember, we kind of gave this idea of a uh, that study is facts, meditation is an internal conversation in our heart with those facts that leads to an emotional impact. It impacts our feelings, our emotions, uh, and some, and maybe our desires, our motivations. It begins to do something inside of us, and we primarily built that that definition off. Well, one one major Hebrew word, and then the second one basically agreed with it. The first one is found in Psalm chapter 1, which you know this, if you're going to think of a passage of scripture dealing with meditation, you're probably immediately going to go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he Meditate. Day and night. The Hebrew word there, translated meditate, is, and it's actually doth he meditate, but it's this Hebrew word. Everybody remember. Oh, come on, class. Come on, come on, come on, class. You remember it. You remember it, right? You remember it? Come, I, I'm waiting for someone to say something, but I'm sitting here in an empty room, so no one's going to say anything. So. Strong's H, 1897. Haga. Haggah. 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 And, me, me, and remember, it means to to utter, to speak, to moan, to growl, uh, to to devise, to plot, to speak, to roar, to growl, to groan. I mean, it's speaking, but there's an emotion. There's an emotion connected to it. That's what was the most fascinating to me. It, Hagra or Hagah has the this idea of speaking, but it, there's an emotional connotation to it because it's connected to moan, to growl, to roar. It, it's got the it, it's it's the two are there. It's a it's a conversation. It's a, a contemplating. It's a thinking. It's a concentrating that leads to something happening. And so there's Hagah. If I said Hagra, I apologize. Hagah now. There was another Hebrew word found in Psalm one o four, Psalm one o four, and it's from verse thirty four where it says, "My meditation uh, will be shall be sweet, and my meditation is this Hebrew word." Strong's H seventy eight seventy nine. Siach. 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 Siach, all right? And it's, once again, Siach uh, has some of the same idea, what well, complaint, babbling, communication, talking, prayer, meditation, uh, but it, it has some of those same ideas. But once again, you have musing, plaint, uh, complaint, uh, meditation, uh, musing. So you have talking there, musing, but you have complaint and anxiety mixed with it. So it's, once again, a communicating, a a, a, a contemplating that leads to something happening inside of you. So we really, we, we did a, a lot of work on that, and I think we did a, a decent job. I think we did a decent job. There's there's probably still more there to unpack and to work on. Um, we, could, we could see uh, if there are other Hebrew words that's translated meditate or meditation in the Old Testament, we could do a little work on that. Um, we, we won't talk about that right now because remember, Bible study exercise, I try not to do everything. The goal here is not to do everything for you. The goal is to get you actually off the couch and do the work. Look up the word meditator, meditation in a Bible dictionary. Look it up in a Bible encyclopedia. Do some work. Try to make sure you... Know the meaning of this term and you really, 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 really understand it. Look, even if you don't know how it actually works in practice, at least you know the concept. Okay? So, are you ready? Now, we have to work on Philippians 4.8. And now, I'm going to be honest with you. (sighs) I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't like Philippians 4.8. I know what you're going to be like. Why? I feel like Philippians 4.8, for my entire Christian life, served as nothing more than a baseball bat that was pulled out at youth conferences, youth sermons, youth group, or just in sermons in general, to beat people to death with. I believe that Philippians 4, eight just became the verse that, hey, if you want to criticize anyone's music, if you want to criticize anyone's television, if you want to criticize anyone's movie, uh, the movies they watch, if you want to criticize any entertainment that they are engaged in, all you have to do is grab your baseball bat called Philippians 4.8, and you can start smashing Christians across the head and make them feel guilty and beat them into shame and submission that they will only watch and listen to what you tell them they can watch and listen to, because Philippians four eight condemns basically everything that, has ever been made in the history of the world, except for the one holding the baseball bat, because whatever they watch, Philippians 4.8 doesn't condemn. But whatever you watch and you listen to, it condemns. If you like Lord of the Rings, Philippians 4.8, Hey, it fits, but if you like Harry Potter, I'm sorry, Philippians 4.8 condemns you. If you love to watch 18 hours of football, you're great. Philippians 4.8 doesn't condemn you, but if you like to spend 18 hours listening to music, well, unless that music basically is hymns or southern gospel, it condemns you. So I do not like Philippians 4.8 because I believe it's been used as a baseball bat. I know, I know that's probably not what you think you would hear listening to a Christian podcast, but look, I'm just going to be honest with you. And not only that, uh, you know what? Another thing about Philippians 4:8, I cannot speak for you. I cannot speak for you, but I will speak for me. I fall short of it every single day. I fell short of it today. I'll fall short of it tomorrow. I will fall short of it tonight because I don't live up to it. And I know you don't either. And I don't care what you tell me and what you claim. But we the reason we're looking at it is we want to see how it correlates or relates to the subject of meditate or meditation. That's what we're trying to figure out. So let's read the famous verse. Philippians four. I'm just I'm gonna be curious how many other people feel like it's only it's only used as a baseball bat. It's like you watch what? Philippians 4 8. Wait, you listened to what? Philippians 4 8, boom. You read what kind of book? Philippians 4 8, boom. You did what? Philippians 4 8, boom. And you're like, what can I do? Only what we tell you you can do. And because Philippians 4 8 can be basically used to condemn anything. And it's it's always a myth. I can remember love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So anything that I liked supposedly was worldly, but everything that they liked was wasn't worldly. And I'll, I'll never understand. Again, I've talked about it very, that my I ran into this problem. It felt like 15 minutes after being saved. It wasn't a literal 15 minutes, but it was within 72 hours, maybe within a week or two. But I was basically told, hey, You got to get all that music you listen to. You got to burn it. You got to get rid of it. You got Bruce Springsteen, evil. I mean, you just name it. You just name it. It was evil, evil, evil. So I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm starting to burn music, which to me is like, you know, did we enter back into Nazi Germany? What in the world is going on here? I'm looking at these people like they're insane, but I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a Christian. I got to follow Christ. I, I can't listen to this music. It's worldly. So then I go to the pastor's house. I'm sitting in the living room. They're watching a movie. And all of a sudden I hear beep, beep, beep. I hear cuss words. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So secular music is sinful because it's worldly. Secular music that contains bad language is worldly because it's sinful. But you can watch a movie that's clearly secular and clearly has obscenity in it. And that was like, immediately, I'm like, Christians are insane. These people have lost all ability to read. Like if you cannot see the inconsistency in that, you are seriously on drugs or you've just been exposed to Christianity. I don't know. Because I, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand that. How, how? But I've watched Christian parents do that over and over and over. Hey, the movies we watch, they're okay, but you can't listen to that music. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. And you're like, wait, wait, you're condemning your kid because of secular music but you watch all of these movies that are one secular and they have tr- trouble but you're quoting philippians 4:8 to your kids so that they won't listen to whomever whoever it may be at whatever era or decade that you're talking about but the parent somehow is good to go i'm like that is the most hip- hypocritical garbage i've ever seen in my-. and parents get furious when i say this they get mad but they're like i'm i'm not going to let my kid listen to that garbage and i'm like but you watch garbage and it's good to go how, you look Philippians four eight isn't something you pull out just so that you can now have an upper hand in, in yelling at your kids. You have to apply it to yourself. Yeah, this Bible study exercise has turned into my my but I but I'm so I'm just telling you I'm triggered. I, I hate to use the word, but it's it's a word used in 2022. I'm triggered by Philippians four eight. Here we go, Philippians four eight. Finally. Brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, before we consider that list of things, before we even figure out what to do with that, the word think is that basically a Greek word that would mean the same thing the Hebrew word for meditate or meditation would mean? Well, let's look it up, all right? We've been looking at the Hebrew. Now let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Here we go, Philippians. Let's go to chapter 4. Let's pull up verse 8. All right. And where do we find it? Think. It is this Greek word. Strong's G 3049. Lagizamai. 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 If I look at it, I'm going to say it differently. Lagizamai. If I look at it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce it completely different. Lagizamai. That's the Greek word here for think. Now, it is used 41 times. Nine times it's translated Think. Eight times is translated impute, which is really interesting. Six times reckon, five times count, four times account, account, account. Two times suppose, one time reason, one time number. All right. Uh, lagidzamai, lagidzamai, lagidzamai. If I can say it right, uh, lagidzamai. Right. Yeah, trying to say it the correct way because I, I I say it a completely different way. But all right, lagidzamai means to take an inventory estimate, literally or figuratively, to conclude, to despise, to esteem, to impute, to lay, number, reason, reckon, suppose, think. So, Lagizamai has a somewhat of a different focus than the words meditate in uh, in the Old Testament, where that is more about having an internal conversation, having an internal discussion with. This seems to be going with the idea of to reckon, to count, to compute, to calculate, to count over, to take into account, to pass to one's account. A thing is reckoned as or to be something, to number, to reckon, but it's to reckon inward. All right, it, it, it's, it's very interesting. This word deals with reality. If I reckon mai, that my bank uh, that my bank book has twenty five dollars in it, it has twenty five dollars in it. Otherwise, I'm deceiving myself. The word refers more to fact than supposition or opinion. So it's not just I think something that is true and it becomes true. No, it's like I'm considering and wrecking something that is true. I'm considering something that is true. I am. I have truth, right? And now I'm considering it. I'm thinking about it. I'm taking it into account. I'm doing something with it. So in that sense, it is like meditate. So here, here's study. We get the facts. We get the facts. We get the facts. Now I'm going to think, I'm going to account. I'm going to reckon. I'm going to consider the truth, that truth, and I'm going to consider it. In other words, Study, I'm just gathering it. I'm just gathering it. I'm observing. It's almost, think of it about, think of it this way. See if this works. See if this works. Bible study primarily is observation, observation, observation. We're just observing the facts. We're like, okay, wait, who is this written to? When was this written? Okay, what is he saying? What's the meaning of the words? What's the what's the textual context? Okay, is there anything here with the punctuation or the or the structure here? And we're, and we're just gathering facts, 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 facts. But at some point, we have to take those facts and then we've got to do something with them. Meditate is having the internal conversation. It's having an internal conversation that's supposed to produce some kind of reaction. This Greek word, we'll listen to it one more time. Strong's G3049. Lagidzamai. 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 I, I, I would say it completely different, but Lagidzamai. <laughs> I'm trying to force myself to say it the way you're supposed to. Lagidzamai. I know I, w- I know I was taught to say it differently. I know I was taught to say it differently, but all right. But if you look at it, it should be Lagidzimai. It, it should be that, Lagidzimai. I don't know who, who, which teacher taught me to do it the wrong way, but I know I can guarantee you I was. All right, but Lagizamai, I know you don't care about that, but I'm just having my own internal conflict with, wait, I know I've said this differently in the past. I know I was taught to say it differently in the past, but okay, Lagidzimai, here's the key. And I want you to think about this if study is gathering the facts and meditation is having that internal conversation, like my seems to be that I'm now taking those facts and it's not so much the internal conversation, but I am engaging my mind and really considering the truth, really considering the facts, accounting these facts, accounting these truths as truth, as real, as actual. In other words I it's it's the idea of taking the Bible that I've studied and I observed and now I take it and I consider I my these these scriptures as true as factual, as actual. I reckon them to be real. I reckon them to be true. I account them to be true. I, I account them to be true. That what they say about me, I reckon and account them to be true, whether I feel it or not. In other words, the Bible says that Christ's righteousness has been imputed to my account, which, interesting, la my is is the idea of, of impute as well. So th- that's interesting. But think of it this way. and and a, a roundabout way, Christ's righteousness has been imputed to my account. Now, in thinking about it, I consider, I reckon, that righteousness to truly be mine. It's not I'm wrecking something that's not true to be true, but I'm wrecking and considering and accounting it to be actually true so I actually stand before God, actually declared to be perfect and righteous and holy. See, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the truths of Scripture and I'm really accounting them and wrecking them, reckoning them, not wrecking, but reckon with an R, wrecking them to be true, to be actual, to be factual. I, I'm, I'm letting them that, that I'm not perceiving it as some fairy tale or theory or theoretical, but I'm taking it and working on it. And considering the reality, what is, what is the implications of that being true? It is true. Now, I'm going to consider it and reckon it to be true. Consider it to be true. What is the implications of that? See, meditation, and I i and in some ways I'm trying to draw a distinction here. Meditation, I'm having the internal conversation about it, right? And I'm feeling something, right? The logizamai is taking it and saying, okay, okay, okay you're having this internal conversation but now i'm really thinking about okay what are the implications of this being true what is the implications of it that i'm a sinner that i have a sinful nature what is the implications of this concept and this concept and i'm and i'm and i'm considering it treating it as if it's 100% true and thinking about the ramifications and the implications of it gives well, geez the outline for biblical usage just think of it to reckon I keep saying that count, compute, calculate, count over. But I'm computing, I'm calculating. This is true. What does what does this mean now? To take into account, to make account of, to pass to one's account, to impute. See, Lagidzimai L- 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 has the same concept of of what when we talk about it, Christ's righteousness being imputed to our account. It's not theoretical. That righteousness is actually. Accredited to my account, so I can actually say I am holy before God. Well, the Bible gives us all kinds of truths, and 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 concepts that we have to. Yes, we have to have the internal conversation about, but we Gizamai, We have to now reckon it to be factual. Reckon it to be true. It is true. Now we have to consider it and really think about it as if it is true. Not that it's theoretical, that it's true not just in Sunday sitting in the pew. It's true Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's true every single day of the week. Now what does that mean? What does that look like? What do I do with that reality? That's 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 the idea, to think, to reckon. Now, if you take this, and you go back to Philippians 4.8, when it says to think on these things, then it's whatever things are true. Whatever things are true, whatever is true, I have to logizomai, I have to reckon it, I have to account it, compute it, account it as if it is true, not in theory, but in reality. See, this has just turned into, well, the movie drives me crazy. Oh, you're watching that kind of movie? Well, my you, you you can't watch that movie because it's got things in it that are not true. That's not what the verse is even saying. If you take that, then you can't watch or read or do anything that has anything that's not true in it. What are you going to do? I mean, even in the Bible, isn't there things that are not true? What do I mean by that? surely. You will not die. Surely you're not going to die if you eat. Satan says a lie. It's recorded in scripture, right? There are things that are said in scripture that are not true. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I shouldn't read my Bible because it has non untruth in it or non-truth. Things that are not actual, cr- actually correct in the sense, hear me out, where you have people, or in that case, Satan saying something that is not true. Job's friends saying things that were not true. Judas saying things or or whomever, Peter or whomever, when they at times were found saying something that wasn't accurate or right. Not saying that the Bible contains errors. I'm saying it records the error of other people in their words and in their thinking. So by that logic, well, not everything, everything in the Bible. I mean, it has things in it that are not good. Okay, well, then you should never read your Bible because that's how people treat a movie. Well, unless everything in the movie is true, you shouldn't watch it. Well, then what do you, what do you, what do you, What are you going to do? No, the idea is to take what's true, to take what's actual factual reality and to consider it, to account it, to compute it as true. That's the focus. And I think this has been so misconstrued. And what drives me crazy is that the Christians who say this nonsense, They'll say, you can't watch that movie because you only are supposed to think on things that are true. And they go through the list. But I'm like, you watch movies that just because they don't have cuss word or don't have sex in it. You sit there and, one, you don't even think about what you're watching. You just turn off your brain and just, I guess, quote, unquote, to be entertained. And you don't even realize that that movie that supposedly was so wonderful had so many things in there that was wrong or fraudulent. Okay. (laughs) But, hey, you're not even thinking about it. But, let's go to the next one. All right? I'm in Ephesians. I was like, how come this doesn't make sense anymore? All right, Philippians 4, verse 8. So, whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things that meet those requirements, you are to take and think and meditate and consider to be true and to consider to be good and to consider to be pure, honest. Um, Let's go through all of the words. Uh, True, honest, um, pure, um, good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We're to take those things and to consider it and account it to be as it is. You're not, you're not, you're not pretending something is something that it's not. But you're, you're seeing the truth, the purity, the the the, the honesty in that concept or that idea, and you're thinking on it. You're 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 really processing it. Now, if you take Philippians four 8 and use it as a baseball bat, like many people do then what you would really be doing, if you're honest, you would just say, well, the only thing I can do is read scripture. But then guess what? Do you have things in scripture that aren't pure? I, I, I think rape is not a pure thing and that's in the Bible. And I think, uh, you know, the, the the men of the city utilizing, using a woman rape and then her body gets chopped up. That's, that's not very pure. There's some really messed up stuff in scripture. You say, well, but it's in the Bible, but yet it's still you can't say it records things and actions and and concepts that are not pure. You say, well, the Bible condemns it. I'm not saying it doesn't condemn it. I'm just saying you're still. So how do you work that? You say, well, it, it can have it can have stuff that's not pure as long as it, and then you start making up all of your. I don't think that's in any way what Philippians 4.8 is trying to say. I don't think this is supposed to be something you place on your computer screen or you place on your television and everything you you judge it based off that standard because I don't know what would pass the standard. I think the point is what you do see that is pure, lovely, just. Those are the things you think on. Those are the things you reckon as true, honest, and pure. Those are the things you account. Those are the things you grab onto. I think think this verse has been turned into some weird morality test for what we supposedly watch or listen to. I I think think that's absurd. I don't think that that's what this is trying to do here. You're going to come across a million things every day. A million things, right? Uh, Words, ideas, concepts. Grab onto that which is true, pure. Grab onto the word of God, that's true and pure. Obviously, there's things in it that are messed up, yes, but grab onto what is true and pure and right and honest and think on it. Account that to be true. Live as if that is true. Does that, does that make some kind of sense? This is where I kind of wish I, I had everyone in front of me because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, wait, I this does not compute. I do not understand what you're saying. No, we plus that right in front of our television. And we only, and isn't it amazing? People will put that on their television and claim that what they watch meets the criteria. And you sit down with them in five seconds and like, how does that meet that criteria? Meditate. Take facts, internal conversation, and emotional impact. Think. Lagidzamai is to take what is true and right and honest, right? I think I think ultimately God's word, because everything else is going to be corrupted in some way, shape, or form. But you take those things that meet that standard, and you grab on and you reckon that to be actual and true. Do you think that's do you think that's a better understanding? of it. Look, I know I just obliterated like 9,000 sermons that you've heard in your life, and I know 99% of people are going to disagree with me, but I just, you just consider what the the word is talking about there. Like Gizamai is going more like, no, just stop and just give these things th- that, no, it, it's, it's going on beyond not just thinking about it, but you're wrecking it to be to reckon, to count, to compute, to calculate, to count over. Listen to, again, the, the word deals with reality. See, that's the key. If I reckon, lagizamai that my bank book has $25 in it, it has $25 in it. Otherwise, I'm deceiving myself. The word refers more to fact than supposition or opinion. See, I'm taking that fact and I'm Wrecking it, reckoning it as true. I'm considering it as actual fact and because it is actual fact. It's not just the power of positive thinking. That's garbage. No, 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 no. This is like, I see the reality and I'm now considering it. I'm reckoning it to be true. I know I'm sound like I'm saying wrecking, like I'm wrecking a car, but wrecking with an R, reckoning it to be actual, to be factual, to be Truthful. I want to say more. Oh, I want to say more. I'm going to be curious to see how people respond to this. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I would challenge you in this. I, I Just go find random sermons, and I bet you ninety nine. I bet you 99.99% of them will 1,000% disagree with me and give it as almost like... This is a test for you to determine what you watch, what you listen to, and what you read. It almost always, the sermons almost always just descend into that. It basically becomes a, a moral test, and I don't think that that's what it's referring to. I think I read my Bible all the time. I study my Bible all the time, and it's very easy for it to leave out there that it's theoretical right? I can learn that Christ has imputed his righteousness to me. It's very different to actually live as if before God I'm perfectly holy and righteous and all my sins have been forgiven and all my past mistakes have been gone. It's, it, it's, it's one thing to know that. It's another thing to truly reckon it to be actual fact and true and to consider it and to calculate and to understand what then should that mean to me in practice in life. All right newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com yeah I'm, it I'm just I'm just curious. I wish I could find a I may, I may have a lecture from one of my Greek classes. I don't know if I have it uh, probably on cassette dating myself. Um, I, I would just like to see what the difference was because for some weird reason, I have it in my mind. I've heard it pronounced differently, but I know you don't care. But see, now that's what I'm going to obsess over. All right. Okay. I, I just, I feel like that there are those going, uh, Wait, well, I'm not so sure I understand. Well, I'm just going to leave it there. Even yeah, Maybe maybe that's the case, but maybe that will generate good conversation. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'm going to have supper, as we call it here in in Texas, dinner, whatever the correct term is, and uh, then I'll be back probably – I'm going to probably do something else later tonight. So, uh, well, just be listening for that. Thanks for listening. God bless.